You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. Charity suffereth long. That means it puts up with a whole lot of stuff. Charity is patient with people. Amen. And if you really want to practice the God kind of love towards people, you'll learn how to suffer long with people. You'll learn how to be patient with people as God was patient with you. Can I get an amen? Just look around you and you'll see that we could all use a little more patience. Even in your own life, there are times when it doesn't take much to frustrate you. Well, in this edition of True North, Pastor Gary invites you to take a deeper look at what the Bible says love is. You'll discover that patience is one aspect of biblical love. You'll learn that love puts up with a lot. As hard as it is sometimes, God wants you to be patient with others just as He is patient with you. You can grow in patient love as you walk with Him. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 as he begins his message, The Case for Charity. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I kind of just want to go through this and kind of think out loud with you because I've got some thoughts that are probably not even fully developed yet, but it'll be a good starter. Amen. I want to cover some things that I'm certain of that God is showing me in this passage and some stuff that I think will help you. And I guess if I had a subject, I would call it looking at things through God's perspective. Okay? Because as you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is known as the love chapter. Okay? It talks about charity, which uh, we know as love. And what Paul does in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in his, is he builds the case for charity. The necessity of the predominant presence of charity in your ministry. There needs to be an emphasis, an overwhelming theme of charity that is weaved throughout your entire ministry and life as you try to serve the Lord. And he talks about, and we'll read it in just a minute, but the things that we do for God, if, if charity is lacking, there's absolutely no profit in it. It's pretty much pointless. And I think what he's trying to get us to do is learn how to see things through God's perspective. Now, uh, where sometimes we get it wrong is we, you know, if you read your Bible every year and you start in Genesis and go through Revelation, a lot of people... Uh, get stuck somewhere over in the book of Leviticus and they don't finish reading the Bible. And so the only impression they're getting at the first of the year is the God of the Old Testament where he'd give the law and people who didn't abide by the law, God would open up the earth and swallow them and they get this picture of this judging God that is always angry at everybody for sinning all the time and they don't get a full picture, a full spectrum of what God really is all about and what his ultimate goal is in their lives. Now, it is important to understand all of God's uh, aspects, all of the aspects of God and His character and His person and His methods and all of that. Uh, But the overarching theme of God's character throughout the entire Bible, we could talk about His holiness, uh, 
We could talk about his perfection. We could talk about his divinity. We could talk about his love. All the different aspects, his glory. You could talk about all the things that we can talk about God. But the overarching theme of all of those is God's love. So if you read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation and you don't begin to see things through the lens of the love of God, then you're really missing the whole point. Okay? And it's hard for people, especially legalistic religious people, uh, that have to have a list to go by. And if you break one of the rules, you're, you're not on their friends list anymore. Okay? Because you didn't think like I thought. You didn't do like I thought you should have done. And, you know, you don't dress like me. You don't go to the same church I go to. You don't worship like I do. And so you don't match up to this list of things that I've got that's supposed to be a compare. You know, you don't live up to my standards, so to speak. And people who are legalistic, who have lists to follow, have a tendency to look at God not through the lens of love, but through the lens of wrath, through the lens of anger. All of the, I don't want to call them negative, but all of the, the attributes of God that exist whenever we are out of fellowship with Him. That's the perspective from which people come and view God and view others. Whenever they look at a sinner, they don't look at the love of God that was shed abroad so that that sinner could be redeemed, they simply see that sinner for who they are and write them off. Say, well, bless God. You see what I'm saying? And when you stop looking at people through the lens of condemnation and through the lens of the judgment of the law, you see, the law was only a schoolmaster. It was given to us to teach us one lesson, and that was that we need a Savior Amen. It was given to us to prove to all of us once and for all without any shadow of a doubt that we are all guilty without the blood of Jesus Christ being applied to our lives. That's what the law was given for. Unfortunately, people have a tendency to judge others through the lens of the condemnation that's sitting upon them because of the sins that they've committed, the things, the wrongdoings. And, and we, we categorize people by their behaviors and by their sins rather than looking at them through the hope that can be found through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay? And so when you begin to get the overarching theme of the love of God, when you begin to see that and start looking at people and even looking at God from His perspective, His character, what does the Bible say that God is over in, uh, I think it's the book of 3 John, maybe I have to look it up. It's one of the three little Johns. It says, God, it's one of the shortest verses in the Bible, only three words God is love. Okay? Out of all the things that God could have described himself as, he simplified it by narrowing it down to one word. If God could have picked one word to describe himself, and he did, it was the word love. Isn't that awesome? And so you've got to understand that God's ultimate goal in bringing the law down was to introduce you to the Savior who came to save you from the condemnation 
that the law brings to you. Because you're found guilty before the law. You're guilty as charged. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that's God's ultimatum is to save mankind from their sin. Amen. What what does Jesus teach us? He said it is not his uh, will that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. What is God's will? That all men might be saved. Isn't that good? So see, God, and a matter of fact, Jesus said this, uh, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. See, people got this perspective about God that he's always mad and angry and ready to bash you over the head with an ugly stick the first second you step out of line because he gets pleasure out of that. But God does not have pleasure in the destruction of the wicked, according to the word of God. It grieves the heart of God. That's not his ultimate end game. God does not want to just punish you because he enjoys that or that's just who he is. Who God is is a saving God, a loving God, a redeeming God. Amen. And he brought his son so that all men, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. That's his ultimate end goal is to save mankind, not to condemn them. Amen. And so you've got to learn how to view the Scriptures and view God and view people through the lens of the love of Christ. So that's your introduction. Let's read the passage now. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. In other words, you ain't nothing but a bunch of noise. Amen. You've seen people get up who were better. Uh, they could speak with great swelling words. Buddy, they could entertain you. They could captivate your attention. And buddy, they were charismatic, buddy. And you talk about an eloquent speaker, but they had no love in their heart for anybody. You could tell that they were in love with crowds, but they weren't in love with people. Amen. Uh, they loved pe- crowds, but they didn't love the individual. Uh, they, they didn't mind standing in front of hundreds or thousands to speak. But if you tried to catch them off to the side and share a personal burden, they didn't have time for you. You see what I'm saying? And Paul is saying, if you speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and if you don't have charity, it does you absolutely no good. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Look at this. You can have the kind of faith that moves mountains, he said, but still, if you don't have charity at the core of your heart, through it all, it is worthless. Go on. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long. That means it puts up with a whole lot of stuff. Charity is patient with people. Amen. And if you really want to practice the God kind of love towards people, you'll learn how to suffer long with people. You'll learn how to be patient with people as God was patient with you. Can I get an amen? Charity suffereth long and is kind. See, it is the goodness of God 
that leads men to repentance. It's not the, the wrath of God that leads them to repentance. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. And, and the Bible says for us, to, it says, be ye kind one toward another. Amen. We have no business as children of God being ill-willed toward one another and being snappy and arrogant and cutting people off and being rude to people. Amen. And talking about them behind the back. The Bible tells us to be kind. This is the kind of fruit that the love of Christ produces in the life of a believer. He says, it suffereth long, it's kind, it envieth not. Amen. It envieth not. You're not going to envy others. Okay, because charity is not selfish. Right? And let me give you a good definition, a good, solid Bible definition of the word love. Love is not how much I can get from you, but how much I can give to you. Okay? You see, the world's got it backwards. The world says that love is what can I get out of the situation? Well, I'm just not happy anymore. And I just don't think I can do this anymore. And I, and I this and I that. And it's all about me, myself, and I. And, and we have been taught to believe that we are here to serve number one, baby. And that's myself. Me, myself, and I. And you keep singing that song and it will just be that trio. You, yourself, and you. Amen. Me, myself, and I. It'll just be you. You'll be lonely because you serve a selfish life. You'll end up lonely. But the Bible says charity envious not. That means it's not selfish. When you really love people, you're willing to put your needs aside to serve others. Can I get an amen? Charity vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. In other words, it's not braggadocious. Okay? A sign of maturity for a believer is when you can do something that costs you personally in a significant way and then you keep your mouth shut about it and you keep it between you and that individual God and you don't broadcast it around the world and let everybody know how spiritual you were when you gave that sacrifice. Amen. The Bible says real love vaunteth not Amen. It is not puffed up. It's not braggadocious. If you act out of kindness towards someone, out of a genuine, sincere love for them and love for Christ, it's not going to be so that you can get brownie points with others and get a pat on the back and get recognition socially. It's going to be because it is out of a pure heart of concern and love, and you would rather it not be publicized. Amen. I love this because the Bible gets right down to the root Right down to the heart, does it not? Uh, verse 5, does not behave itself unseemly. Uh, Y'all heard that expression, well that was unseemly of them. You ever had anybody act unseemly towards you? That means they acted in a way you thought they, they were sort of out of character. They, they shouldn't have acted like that. Amen. Charity. Amen. Does not behave itself unseemly. That means it's courteous. It's polite. Right? Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. In other words, it's not a hothead. <laughs> Amen. If you really have patience with people, if you really have the love of Christ, you're not just going to explode at the first sign of trouble. You're going to have to learn how to be cool, calm, and collective and keep your spirit in check because the Bible says that a man that can control his own spirit is stronger than he that can take a city. 
Amen? And you're going to have to learn how, if you really want to exhibit the love of Christ towards people, you're going to have to learn how to bite your tongue sometimes when you want to speak. Amen? Amen? It's not easily provoked. That means you're not always getting, uh, where you're not always taking things personally. You ain't always wearing a chip on your shoulder because you took people the wrong way. You're not easily provoked. People, it, it, it would be a whole lot for someone to get you angry enough to actually lash out at them. Amen? If you really have the love of Christ, it helps you overcome all of those tendencies that the flesh has of just blowing up and making things a lot worse than they should be. All right, so we see all these benefits of charity. Look at this. Does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. In other words, the motive is pure. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. If you really love someone, you would not celebrate when your enemy falls. Okay? You see that? Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. All right? You will not rejoice in iniquity. You will not rejoice when you see a brother or sister fall and you say, well, I knew they was going to do that and it ordered, they, they had it coming to them and I'm glad that they finally reaping what they sowed. If you really had a true heart for God and a true heart for them, you would be in sorrow when people fall and not rejoice when they fall. Mm-hmm. All right? But you rejoice in the truth. Truth is our motive. Amen. Beareth all things. You'll tote some loads. If you really learn to love like Christ, you'll, you'll learn to carry some loads. Amen. That most people would not carry because it costs to love people. It really does. It is an investment to love people. God told us what the purest form of love was. The greatest form of love he said greater love hath no man than this then a man would lay down his life for his friend reckon it's costly to really love someone it is isn't it it's costly that means you're not selfish you're thinking of the other individual to the point that it might even drain you of your very life just as long as they benefit and their life is better because of your willingness to make a sacrifice. That's what genuine love is. And, and you will bear some burdens. And it's a part of it. Jesus told us what the purest form of love was and then He illustrated it by giving His own life for us. Beareth all things, believeth all things. I, I think what that implies is that you will learn to give people the benefit of the doubt. You'll learn how to trust people that you really love. Amen? Now, I understand that sometimes you cannot trust people and you can still love people without trusting them. But here's where we get it wrong is when we don't trust them with no evidence that we should not. Okay, so we use this term in the court of law, innocent till proven guilty. We should have that kind of a mindset towards our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Innocent till proven guilty. Don't be going around spreading your gossip. Amen. Don't be going around 
telling tales on people and and having your little conspiracy theories about what people are doing, amen, and making assumptions about people, amen. That's how rumors get started. That's how lives are ruined in the church and in the community when we make assumptions about people that we don't know. What does the Bible say charity does? Read it again. It believeth all things. In other words, you have hope in humanity. You, you, can, you can learn to give people the benefit of the doubt Innocent till proven guilty. Now, listen, if they prove themselves guilty and you can no longer trust them, then there's a difference between love and trust. And you've got to understand the difference. But I see too many Christians that are unwilling to give people the benefit of the doubt. They don't trust them from day one. I see couples break apart because there's a spirit of jealousy that comes on one of the one of the, the either the husband or the wife, and they start to make assumptions and think maybe their spouse is cheating on them. They have no evidence for it whatsoever. They just assume that something fishy is going on, and so they begin to lose trust before any guilt has ever been proven. So, innocent till proven guilty, right? So, uh, love. Believeth all things. Is, is anybody getting any help? Hopeth all things. So you want to have some hope. You want to learn how to breathe hope into a situation. Amen. You're not always going to be negative and pessimistic and drain a situation. You want to uh, be full of hope. You want to be a voice of hope if you're loving people. Endureth all things. You'll, you'll be a soldier. True love learns how to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Charity never faileth. Now, I'm getting to where I want to head. Verses 8 through 13, pay close attention. Charity never faileth. Okay, now let's do a little word study. I'm going to look at verse number 8 in my concordance. And I'm going to look at that word faileth. Charity never faileth. The word faileth means to fall out of. To fall down from, to fall off, to perish. In other words, charity always works. Okay? At the end of the day, when everything else fails, charity is still left standing. Love, true, pure, biblical love, works every time. To couples that are struggling, I say that you don't give up until you know you have put 100% effort in offering 100% pure biblical love in the situation. And what you'll find is if both parties in that couple work together towards loving each other like Christ loved them, amen, it will always work out because charity Never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. I'm going to explain some of this in a minute. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Okay, let's stop right there for a minute. So he starts talking about some of the gifts of the Spirit, such as prophecy, tongues, knowledge. All right? And he's saying, out of all of these, charity never faileth. All this other stuff... Now, what is he talking about? Let me give you an example. A word of prophecy. When a word of prophecy is given, it's given to portray, it's given a word of hope about a future event. 
That's what a prophecy is, a foretelling of truth that's going to happen down the road. You remember when the man came to Paul and bound his hands and, and said, look, if you go to Jerusalem, they're going to bind your hands and feet and bring you before the council. That was a prophecy. All right. But when that prophecy came to pass, it had served its purpose. All right. Once it come to pass, it was already in the past. It was no longer in the future. So it served its purpose. You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. If you enjoyed today's message, we invite you to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to share these with your friends and family, too. This could be a great way to start a conversation about Christ and study the Word together. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like to request prayer, please get in touch with Pastor Gary by emailing contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. True North is a ministry of Gary Cottle Ministries. You can find out more by visiting our website, garycoddle.com. Would you like to come worship with Pastor Gary? Simply visit GaryCuddle.com for more details on where he pastors and how you can plan a visit. If you're not in the area, we still encourage you to find a local church body where you can learn from God's Word and spend time with other believers. It will be a place for you to grow in faith, find support, and serve in ways you are uniquely designed to. With that, our time with you has come to a close today. Join Pastor Gary next time for more right here on True North.